Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. The more godless a society becomes, the more they will persecute the godly. And that's why the godly are being persecuted in America now more and more, because America is becoming more and more godless. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Nothing will test your faith like being thrown into a hungry lion's den. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing our journey through the book of Daniel in a series I've called Courageous Living. You know, it's one thing to say you're standing for God when everything is going well, but it's quite another thing to hold on to that resolve when you're about to be thrown into a den of hungry lions. But this is exactly what Daniel did. And once again, God wrought a mighty deliverance that shook an entire kingdom to its core. You don't want to miss this today because some of you are in your own type of lion's den for taking a stand for God. And if you're not, you sure may be one day and you're going to need what you're about to hear. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message in the lion's den. We've been going through the book of Daniel. We're going to come now to probably the best-known story concerning Daniel. Well, it is, no doubt, the best-known story concerning Daniel, that Daniel in the lion's den. You learn that when you're a little kid in church. Daniel in the lion's den. Now, I want to read the first two verses of chapter 6, and that's where we are. We're going to finish 6. Then I'm going to comment and do a little recap since it's been so long that we were going through Daniel. So let's read the first two verses. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, now notice, of whom Daniel was one, one of three governors, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Now remember, Darius is king of the Medes. And at the end of chapter 5, if you'll recall, Babylon has just been overthrown by Darius and the Medes and the Persians. When Belshazzar died and the Medes and the Persians overthrew Babylon, Daniel has personally witnessed two kings, Nebuchadnezzar and his grandson Belshazzar, and an entire kingdom, the Babylonians, come and go. So he has lived through two kings now and one kingdom. Everybody say, that's a whole lot of shaking to live through. And we think we're in a shaking. He went through two kings and the overthrow of the kingdom he was first exiled to, and now there's another kingdom that he is in, and that's the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. Per his prophecy, by the way. But this amazing man of God has remained steadfast, immovable, faithful to God, and his faith is about to be severely tested, just like his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were tested severely. Daniel, I've often wondered, how come he wasn't thrown into the burning, fiery oven? Because I know he didn't bow to the idol. Well, I don't know why. But he wasn't. But Daniel's day was coming when he would also be severely tested, just like the three Hebrew children were, in a different way. Now, 
Also remember that the first six chapters of Daniel are historical. It's really the biographies of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they dealt with adversity and pressure to assimilate into a pagan society, and how they resisted it. And I've talked when we were going through this that it really reminds me of us now, because you do know that we're no longer in a Christian nation. Well, then what are we in? We're in a pagan nation with some Christians in it. And not everybody who says they're a Christian looks like it to me. We're in a pagan nation now. We are not in a Christian nation. We are in a post-Christian culture. You know that, right? A post-Christian culture that is now primarily secularist, humanistic, and pagan. Look at the laws that are passed. Look at the things that our culture can blink at and not blush. So as Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were exiled from Judah and Jerusalem into a totally pagan environment, and they were pressured greatly to accept it and embrace it and be conformed to it, they resisted, and they refused to bow, bend, break, or back down. Now, where are we? We're in the same spot, and it's going to get worse. More and more pressure is going to come on real church people, real Christians, real Bible-loving, Jesus-loving believers to bow, to bend, to compromise, to conform, to assimilate, to give in, to give up. But I believe that God has a remnant that will never do that. And I want to be one of them, don't you? All right. But remember now, they've been carried into a foreign pagan nation, and because of their natural brilliance and giftedness, and of course, ultimately the providence of God, they are originally selected to serve in places of distinction within Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. They're so gifted. So he he looked for the cream of the crop, and he said, I want you to serve me. And that's when the pressure came to assimilate and conform to paganism. Now, we don't find them serving under Belshazzar, that is, these four. Where they're not mentioned. Belshazzar is, I believe, taken up in one chapter. And we're not told where Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, what part they played in Belshazzar's kingdom. We only know that when the handwriting on the wall happened in the last night of Belshazzar's life, that his wife, the queen, said, you need to go find that dude named Daniel. And he'll tell you what this handwriting means. So Daniel is sort of brought out of the shadows all of a sudden, and that's the first time we see him with Belshazzar. And Daniel says, mm, meanie, meanie, tackle you parson. Let me tell you what it means, king. You're dead, and this kingdom is gone. This is your last night. Soak it up. Now, that's a paraphrase. That's a revised Wickwire version. But he spoke the end of the kingdom. And that night, the Medes and the Persians invaded Babylon. Belshazzar was seized and killed. And the Medes and the Persians took over and Babylon ceased to be. Wow. In one night. In one night. And if you had asked any of those Babylonians, do you think you can be gone in one night? They would have said, you're crazy. We're Babylon, the mightiest nation on earth. They were gone in one night. And the whole world shifted 
in a 24-hour period. You think it couldn't happen now? I said, you think it couldn't happen now? The only thing stable is God. Everything on this planet is being shaken. All right? Now, we've also noted that they're a perfect example of, and I've already mentioned this, of the believer under pressure to assimilate into a pagan kingdom. They refuse assimilation at every turn, no matter what. Even if you throw me into a burning, fiery oven, I'm not going to give in. And I'm not going to bow to your idols. Ooh, they had spines of steel. Where is that today? Everybody gives in. Everybody compromises. Everybody breaks. Well, a lot of people that matter to me, all the politicians do. You can't put any of your faith in politics as they all give in. Now, in chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into a burning, fiery oven uh, for refusing to bow to the idol, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, and they are delivered from the oven. And Nebuchadnezzar issues a proclamation that nothing can be said against their God at risk of the person's life. And the three young men are promoted. There's always promotion once you take a stand in the midst of adversity and refuse to give in. Once you go through the fire and come out on the other side, there's always promotion. Promotion comes when you stand tall. Now, in the last chapter 5, Daniel is brought before Belshazzar to interpret the mysterious handwriting on the wall. And um, he pronounces doom on Belshazzar and Babylon, as we've already said. And that night, everything changed. Now we come to verse 3 in chapter 6, where we find Daniel once again finding favor in a pagan environment with yet another pagan king. Just because you're around pagans, godless people, doesn't mean God can't give you favor with them. God can give you favor with a pagan boss, a godless boss. He can give you favor. He can give you favor. Listen, when God decides to favor you, nothing can stop it and nothing can shut that door. I am he that opens and no man shuts and I shut and no man opens. When God gives you favor, nobody can stop it. And when I see Daniel and these three Hebrew children constantly being promoted in a pagan culture, when they took their stand for God, they were the winners in the end. They always won in the end. And so will the church that takes a stand. Now, here's verse 3. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governor's satraps. Why was he distinguished? Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over what, everybody? The whole realm. Wow. What was an excellent spirit? He had shining, incredible, flawless, godly character. He was a man of deep character. It's been said that if you make a mark on the world, watch out for people with erasers. I'm going to say that again. If you make a mark on the world, watch out for people with erasers. Because there are people that will look at you making a mark on the world and they hate you for it. The green-eyed monster arises within them and jealousy and envy take over. And a lot of the time when you've been attacked by others, you didn't realize you were being attacked because somebody was jealous. And envious. See, when God favors you, other people around you who see it get jealous. Are you all aware that jealousy happens in the church? Are you aware that jealousy happens in the workplace? Oh, man. You better not get promoted above them. See, when God promotes, 
The promotion's wonderful, but what it causes in other people is a real mixed reaction. There are some that rejoice with you, and those are your real friends. But there are some that hate your guts because you got promoted. Jealousy. Well, as Daniel's being promoted, and, and word gets out, the king is thinking about setting him over the whole kingdom. Setting Daniel over the whole realm. Well, that did it. We're about to see the green-eyed monster of jealousy and envy raise its ugly head against Daniel, and some evil men are about to try to erase him. Verse 4, so the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Just a little side note for you. Daniel is one of two men in the Bible where the Bible never shows us a fault. Never shows us a sin. Never shows us a flaw. Daniel's one of them. Daniel's walk was too upright for them to find anything wrong. So they had to make something up. Verse 5, then these men said, we're not going to find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Here's what they were really saying. The only thing we can count on with this guy is his devotion to his God. And if we're going to find any way to get him, we're going to have to get him there. Amen. So they hatched an evil scheme that required manipulating Darius, the king. And what we're going to see in this story is he who rolls a stone, it will return back on him. And he who digs a pit to catch somebody else is going to fall in the pit they dug. That's what we're about to see. Look at verse 6. Here's the lie they made up or the trap they set. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom. Now look at how they're pressuring him. They're telling him the whole majority is for what they're about to say. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, counselors, and advisors, all the who's who's have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Oh, that's so nasty. <laughs> Diabolical. Wicked. Verse 8, now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which, as you know, O king, does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, I wrote this down, and I'm going to say it to you. i got to tell you, folks, these Old Testament kings often amaze me at how naive and undiscerning, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, stupid. <laughs> they are. I mean, <laughs> you would think he would smell a rat immediately. Because all of a sudden, here's all these who's who's, everybody that matters in his kingdom, all thronging to him and saying, hey, we have a great idea. Anybody who petitions any God except you, flattery, you, Mr. Wonderful, they'll be thrown in the den of lions. What do you think? I'm immediately going to get suspicious. What? But listen, I'm going to tell you how I believe they got away with it. They pulled it off by appealing to his pride. Oh, they puffed him up. Because they said, hey, why would you let anybody, O king, ask of any other god but you? They're calling him 
God. And so no one would be able to petition anybody for 30 days but him. And that appealed to his pride. And the king fell for it. And he signed the decree. And I just got a right stupid on his forehead. Because I'm too suspicious if I have that happen to me. It doesn't make any sense. What a weird, weird, weird request. And here's the lesson. Let me just make an application. Uh, if you're a man or a woman of God in a pagan environment, you're going to make some enemies who want to see you brought down. Can I just inform, can I illuminate you on that? If you're a child of God and you're walking with Jesus and you start getting promoted, there are people who are very possibly going to mark you and try to bring you down. Amen. I've had it happen to me. Amen. I worked in a radio station a long, 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 long time ago. I could say the name of the station and you would know it because it's an all-news, all-day station. And I was a newsreader. You didn't know that, but I was. I was a newsreader. And when you spoke into this microphone, you were talking to the whole state of Texas. It was a 50,000-watt AM blowtorch. Now, when I got a job there, as just a young man, low 20s, they asked me to read the news, and so that's what I was doing, and I was learning my way around this station, and there was a man there who I knew used to walk with God. As a matter of fact, he used to be a Christian DJ, and I didn't know he worked there, and I walked in, and I saw him, I went, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I got a brother here with me, but I didn't know. He was backslidden buddy. And the last thing he wanted to see was me bouncing up to him saying, praise the Lord. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he began to turn on me. He began to turn on me. I was recording some news in a little uh, recording studio. I did something wrong. I didn't know the equipment very well. I was brand new there. And he flipped on the speakers that filled this place. You could talk through a particular microphone and talk to anybody in any room. He turned them all on and he yelled at me and he cussed me out. I'm freaking. This is the former Christian DJ? And I realized he's walking in darkness and he does not like me. And he began to turn on me and he tried to take me down. Day by day, week by week, he worked to get me out of there. So what'd you do? I prayed until he stopped. I bound, I loosed, I fasted, I prayed until he stopped. And finally one day I just looked him in the eyeball, walked right up to him and said, clearly we have a problem. <laughs> and I said, I want you to tell me what your problem with me is because this has to stop now. Amen. He walked away. He never said another word to me. After that, I started pastoring. Thank God I would never have made it in news. I would have gotten fired every place I went because they wanted to angle everything towards a liberal viewpoint, but that's another story. Now, I'm just telling you that sometimes people will get you in their crosshairs, and the reason you think it is is not what it really is. It's because there's jealousy, there's envy, there's resentment because God is on you, and he's favoring you, and he's promoting you, and they don't like it. So you just shine them on, you smile, you pray for them, you bless them, and you keep on going. Now... Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Paul the apostle wrote, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will, everybody say will, will. be persecuted. That's a promise I don't want to claim, but it's there. The more godless a society becomes, the more they will persecute the godly. And that's why the godly are being persecuted in America now more and more because America is becoming more and more godless. 
But look at Daniel's bold response, verse 10. I love this. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, good things happen in the upper room. In his upper room, he threw the windows open towards Jerusalem. And he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Now read this last part with me. As was his custom since early days. He said, I don't care what you sign. I don't care what you decree. There is nothing and nobody that's going to stop me from seeking my God and petitioning my God and walking out my walk of faith. Nothing is going to stop me. I just had to write here behind any great man or woman, just like Daniel, you're going to find the habits that made them great. I call them holy habits. His habit was he got with God three times a day. Three times a day. He didn't care what was going on, what he had to walk away from. He went home and he got into that upper room and he let the whole world see. And he sought God three times a day. See, that's the hidden habit that made the man who the man was. See, I believe you've got bad habits or you've got holy habits. And either way, you can form a habit. It only takes doing something a few times for it to become a habit. Good or bad. And so with Daniel, it was prayer. I can tell you just by the grace of God in my life, I get with God every morning and I've done it for years. I spend at least an hour with God and I go through the Bible in a year and I read that Bible and I pray and I will not go face the day until I do it. Well, I think of Peter's description of the devil being a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I'm encouraged that God can shut his mouth as well. If you're in your own kind of lion's den today, take some encouragement from our message that God is on your side and he's fighting for you. It may look bad right now, but he's able to bring a victory in the end. Trust him and hold tight to your confession. Now, don't touch that dial just yet because we've got some things we want to share with you that I believe are going to be a blessing. And until next time, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. In the Lion's Den is the sixth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13-CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping. By logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.